Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. As a singer and songwriter, Austin Atterbury has always had a love affair with music. But while spending time as a volunteer at a children's hospital, he witnessed the power of music to heal. He created the Sing Me a Story Foundation to connect thousands of songwriters with children in need throughout the world. Austin, I love a good love story. So would you just start there for me? And um, I believe you were living in Nashville as a singer and songwriter when your life sort of changed. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll kind of start at the very beginning of how Sing Me a Story was born. Um, so first of all, we are Sing Me a Story. We give deserving kids in need all over the world the chance to write and illustrate stories about whatever they want. And then we give those to songwriters who turn them into songs and send them back to the kids. So this all got started uh, about eight years ago. I'm a songwriter, I'm from Chicago, and I went to Northwestern University and then moved down to Nashville after school. And a beautiful girl moved in next door to me and she happened to work at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital as a child life specialist. And she encouraged me to volunteer at the children's hospital as a music volunteer. So full disclosure, uh, to impress the pretty girl that moved in next door, I said, absolutely. But I had to uh, figure out something to do with these kids. So I started by just asking them to tell me a story about whatever they wanted. And we would turn that into a song. And I would go home and record the song on my computer as an MP3 and then send the MP3 back to the children's hospital for the kids and their families. So we wanted to bring that opportunity to other songwriters and to other kids. And so we put the whole process online, and by putting the process online, we're able to reach other songwriters and other kids. Um, so today we have almost 4,500 songwriters that participate in our program. Uh, we work with a little over 170 organizations serving kids in need all over the world. Uh, we've been on the Today Show and People Magazine and New York Times and different things like that. And the pretty girl that moved in next door to me is now my beautiful wife, Sarah. And we have a little girl who's almost four, whose name is Ellie, and a young boy who's nine months, whose name is Briggs. So that worked out also. So that's us. That's giving me a story. <laughs> Isn't it nice when those love stories have happy endings like that? It's just really, really, really cool. It's That's pretty fun. And I like your full disclosure that you honestly were probably more interested in the girl than the hospitals uh, at, at in the beginning, right? In the beginning. Absolutely. Yep. I was far more interested in uh, this cute girl next door thinking that I was as thoughtful and compassionate as I could be. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when we talk about kindness, like it has a different skin for everyone, you know, because everyone has a different talent and everyone has a different passion. And so I think when a person can find that uh, passion, they can find that what fits them best real magic can happen. Did you see that in the hospital rooms or, or when did you first notice like this is something? Yeah, the biggest thing for me um, in doing what we were doing was I was going from room to room and um, right out of the gate, oftentimes kids would say, you know, play me a Taylor Swift song or um, Hannah Montana. And I was a 27 year old guy. I didn't know Taylor <laughs> Swift songs. You know, I didn't know. Hannah Montana. Oh, come um, on. And, you did too. <laughs> <laughs> but what instead, what I would do is I would kind of turn the tables around and say, no, you know, you give me, meaning you give me the story. Together, let's create. And so instead of giving um, 
to these kids, which these kids, especially in children's hospitals, are constantly on the receiving end of things. Um, but giving them the opportunity to give, aka be kind, and do the one thing they could do, regardless of their circumstance, which was use their imaginations, tell a story, come up with something silly, and together we would create something out of that, um, brought such dignity to the room, um, brought such uh, joy, uh, because they were given the opportunity to give. And we feel at Sing Me a Story that the greatest gift in the world is the gift of giving. And if we can give these kids the opportunity to give the one thing they all have, which is their imagination, and bring those imaginations to some of the biggest microphones we can find, to ultimately remind us all that we have far more in common than we often attribute to ourselves, um, we will have accomplished our goal. You know, you brought up something that just kind of gives me chills because I hadn't thought of it that way when I was researching Sing Me a Story. And that's the fact that by asking these kids to share a story, you are asking them to to do an act of kindness for you, you know, and it, it you're absolutely right that it is it's draining sometimes to be in a position of receiving and receiving and receiving because sometimes it makes us feel like we're pitiful or powerless. And to be able to flip that around and show kids who are, you know, just in a fragile part of their lives that they have something to give always. What a lesson that is and what a gift that is, you know, to, to spin that around. Was that intentional or was that something that just kind of, oh, yeah, this works? Well, honestly, it came from just necessity. I mean, I didn't know Hannah Montana songs, right? <laughs> I didn't know Taylor Swift songs. And so consequently, that was my only card to play was mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know, I, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to learn a bunch of Taylor Swift songs. I'm not going to do any of that. What I can do is I can write songs. And if you give me something to write about and together we write something, um, that's the only thing I, I'm able to do within this hour long time we have on a Tuesday evening after my day job. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's what I can do. And in so doing, yeah, I realized that you know, here these kids were that were constantly on the receiving end, which is fine. I get that. I mean, you know, they may be sick or underserved or whatever it is and and oftentimes need things. And, you know, that's all good. I'm not trying to um, knock on that. But when you do turn the tables a bit and say, no, now you're going to be on the giving end, um, you know, it was not a reminder all of a sudden that they were sick or they mm-hmm. were underserved because when they were constantly on the receiving end, you know, yes, they may need those things, but it also is kind of a constant reminder that they are in that position. Um, and when you give them the chance to give, it allows them to break out of that position for a moment and be the one to give as opposed to the one to receive. Um, and that's a really powerful thing that, like I said, I kind of stumbled upon simply <laughs> out of necessity. Um, but I think it's a truth. And once we found that truth, um, it was really motivating to spread it around and blow it up. And that's what we did. So do you find that because of the where these kids are at that particular time, are the songs all sad? Or, or, or what do they want to tell you stories about? The songs almost are never sad. No, oh. and that's one thing that we have to, and this, I mean, really, the stories are almost never sad. And that's one thing we have to convey to our songwriters that we're very intentional about conveying to our songwriters is to say, hey, you know, 
these stories aren't sad. And just because these kids might be in a children's hospital or whatever it may be, don't make these songs sad because that's our initial inclination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, is that these stories, I mean, just go to www.singmeastory.org. I mean, I just, the first two that came in yesterday, one is about home and this, this kiddos that he has six cousins. They all live on the same street. Um, and it's, you know, about all the games they play and all this stuff. And the other, you know, so it was a really happy song and story. And the other was, that I looked at this morning was um, about May and a big adventure that involves a train ride. And, you know, point is, is these stories are about all sorts of stuff. Um, and it's really fun. And, and again, it's, you know, these kids are six years old. They're seven years old. That's what they can give is they can tell you about their reality, which, yes, their reality might, a part of it might be being in a children's hospital or whatever it may be, but a huge other pieces are about their cousins, are about normal kid things. And um, and that's what we try to remind people is that, you know, they may be in a precarious situation or they may look different than you or they may live in a different place or believe in different things. But ultimately, um, you know, they love their cousins just like you do. Um, you know, they have dreams and adventures and imaginations just like you and your kids do. Um, and that's really what we're trying to get across is that, you know, we feel that, our world is a world that's destined to be united um, and reminded that we have more in common than we often attribute to ourselves. And if we at Sing Me a Story can be one small part of that, um, we will have done our job. Yep, that'll be your goal. What sort of reactions do you get from families and from the kids when they hear their song? Yeah, so um, from families, you know, I, I am a new dad, kind of. I mean, I have a almost four-year-old and um, a nine-month-old, and we, but we've been doing this for eight or nine years. And um, honestly, it wasn't until I had kids that I started to really appreciate and understand the reactions that we'd always gotten from these families. And, you know, it's always just a big gratitude, you know, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing this for us and our family. Um, and I never really understood that, like I said, until, you know, I was able to put myself in those positions if my kiddo... Um, was sick or I was sick or, or, you know, we were in a precarious situation. The fact that, um, you know, there are people that you don't know at all that live halfway across the country or world that want to extend themselves to do for you and your child, um, means the world. Uh, so, um, you know, gratitude is always a big thing we get from parents. Um, but, and from the kids, you know, again, you know, when they start to hear their words, come through, you know, the body of a grown-up, you know, that's sitting there in a studio or wherever um, singing their song um, from their imagination, they light up. Um, And, you know, a big part of why they light up, at least I think, is because, you know, it's the acknowledgement that somebody's listening, you know, Mm -hmm. and somebody took the time to um, bring their voice to the world through music. And uh, it's a really beautiful thing to watch. So they giggle and they laugh and all that stuff. Um, but I think underneath that is uh, a really f- a strong feeling of pride and self-worth. We'll get back to our conversation with Austin Atterbury from Sing Me a Story in just a moment. But first, our kindness call. Hello, my name is Brandon and I'm in fifth grade. And today I went to a birthday party at a trampoline park. 
and we were eating pizza in the party room, and I didn't really feel comfortable because um, everyone else was, like, sitting right next to each other, and they weren't social distancing. So then I decided to eat my pizza um, outside of the room, and then a friend of mine, um, she said she would eat out there with me, and that made my day because um, so I didn't feel lonely, and yeah. Bye. Did you know you can be on the Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. How can people get involved? There's kind of three different segments that I'm hearing here. There's the kids, there are the songwriters, and then there's the general population. So can you kind of walk us through how each of those three segments get involved with you? Yeah, totally. There's actually four segments um, because I'll explain that, but we have corporate partners as well that make a lot of our work possible. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So as songwriters, of course, the easiest way to get involved is just to go to our site and you'll see at the top, um, there's a button that says join us and you just click on that and you sign up as a songwriter and then you create your profile. And from there, you can um, just start discovering stories on our site and turning them into songs and recording them and uploading them back to the stories. And from there, the songs get sent to the kids and their families. Um, So uh, the the second piece, of course, are partner organizations, and those are the organizations that are serving kids in need. Um, And we work with any organization serving, any 501c3, so charitable organization serving kids in need. Um, And if you are part of an organization like that, um, or even an organization, for example, we're partnered with the ALS Foundation, um, where you know most of the patients are adults, but of course the ALS, ALS Foundation supports the entire family. So, um, an organization that uh, you know has children affiliated with it is included in that. So, same thing. You just go to our site, you click on Join Us, <coughs> and there's a button for partner organizations, and you fill that out, and um, then we get in touch with you. Uh, as far as the general public, you can go to singmeastory.org um, or go to our Facebook page, uh, and you'll see all the songs that are being uploaded almost every day um, from various songwriters across the country, and you can donate to the songs. And when you donate to a song, you receive the song as an MP3 with your donation receipt, and the money that gets raised goes towards the organization the child was a part of, as well as Sing Me a Story. Um, so that's one way to get involved. You can, of course, like our Facebook page and Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. And that's always a great way um, to support our program. And then there are our corporate partners. Um, So uh, we wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the many corporate partners uh, that we work with, including Horizon Therapeutics, um, New Motion, Azi Corporation and Foundation, um, as well as Avexis and a number of others. Um, But we do a really great job of supporting the corporate social responsibility initiatives of our corporate partners to bring the voices of the kids they're already serving uh, to the world through music. And when we do that, we create some really neat content um, that they can use uh, for all sorts of things like, um, well, in the days before COVID-19 for galas and conferences and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. Um, But nowadays all that is online and we create some really great programming for their CSR initiatives um, that they're already engaged in. So those are kind of the big ways to get involved. Aside from getting you into the hospital rooms in the beginning, how has your wife, Sarah, um, 
kind of played into this? Or how has her wisdom and her job, her career helped you understand the need? Yeah, well, you know, obviously, in a huge way, um, you know, in the beginning, but also, um, so my wife, she was a child life specialist, but she went on to become a pediatric nurse practitioner. And her first job um, after school was in pediatric palliative care um, down in Houston. Uh, so we moved to Houston for a year mm-hmm. and a half. And, um, you know, that her role in that world really was instrumental in us creating what we call our Sing Me a Story Inner Circle, which is a group of professional music therapists um, who support families going through some of life's biggest challenges. Um, and, you know, those, so consequently, when we started supporting those types of departments uh, at hospice organizations or at um, children's hospitals, we wanted to put those stories in the hands of professional trained music therapists who do incredible work. Um, And that's what we did. And so, uh, you know, Sarah really kind of opened our eyes to a need in that world. Um, People don't like to talk about death and they certainly don't like to talk about um, death when it involves children. And so consequently those um, organizations so often are overlooked and we really, really felt like of all the organizations serving families, those are the ones in many ways that we should really be circling our wagons around and um, trying to help. So Sarah's influence certainly helped um, in that regard. And another big way uh, Sarah's kind of opened our eyes to different things is supporting the whole family, um, meaning siblings. Uh, you know, so often when kids are facing and families are facing difficult circumstances, of course, so much attention is put on the, the patient, um, the child patient, where oftentimes there are siblings involved. And so what we, we always try and get across to our um, partner organizations is, is that, please, this is an opportunity for, again, these siblings to do and give to their family um, the one thing they can give, regardless of what's going on, which is their imagination. And I can't tell you how often we've had a sibling write a story about what's going on or just about anything um, and had that turned into a song and it's and that the family then rallies around um, and it becomes their family song that mm-hmm. they sing um, at bedsides or whatever it may be. And it's an opportunity for that sibling, that nine-year-old kid who's sitting in the corner coloring while all these things are going on um, to give their family one thing that they can give, um, which is imagination. Mm-hmm. Is there one story that really stands out to you uh, since the beginning of this program? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, you know, we've had the blessing to be part of uh, families' journeys that are going through the toughest things they've ever faced. Um, and so when we get notes from families that, um, you know, these songs, like I said, were sung bedside, um, by the whole family during some really hard moments. Um, those are the things that I can speak for all of us that sing me a story that we reflect on and hold on to really dearly, um, especially when we're, um, you know, looking at budgets and all the things that come with running a small not for profit that are challenges. Um, the things that kind of keep us going are remembering 
that um, we have the, the blessing to be a part of uh, those families' journeys, um, and we cherish it. So there's mm-hmm. been a number of those, those occasions, and those certainly are the ones that stand out. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is such, such important work. I just thank you, Austin, for doing that work and for taking the time to talk with me on the Kindness Podcast. Before I let you go, uh, I often like to ask people if there's one story, one act of kindness throughout their entire life. It doesn't even have to be be about sing me a story um, in which you were the giver of kindness or the receiver of kindness and, and what what kindness meant to you in that moment. Do you have a story like that that you would be willing to share with us? That's a bit, that's a big question. I know. <laughs> I always like to throw that out there at the end and then make people pause and think about it. And yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, I, I think as opposed to one moment, um, you know, I think that my kindness journey, I guess, um, really always, you know, when I think about why I do what I do, and I think this is true for both my other brothers who are both involved in their own own ways um, through their careers in giving to people and doing for others, um, I think in, so much of it comes down to my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a first grade teacher for uh, 40 years, and, um, you know, she her whole life was always about um, doing for other people um, in tons of different ways. Um, both small and big, and she never, more often than not, um, no one ever knew about it, Um, whether it was, you know, the kid in class whose mom was going through chemotherapy, who she was picking up every day um, to get to school, or, you know, just the kid who she knew needed a coat, and you came home one day from school, and your coat was gone, and, (laughs) you know, when asked, where is it, she said, oh, well, somebody else needed it more than you, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, so that type of stuff, um, you know, it's, it was watching her, I think, that really um, instilled in me the, the, importance, the importance of doing for others. And um, so, you know, if, if there's one thing that my kids would have one day that would make me more proud than anything, it would be um, that quality. Wow. Teachers are some of my favorite people. And to have a teacher as a parent and, and see all of that firsthand is really, really special. Thanks again, Austin, for the work you're doing and for sharing this all with us today. And we just wish you the very, very, very best of luck and many blessings as you continue this project. Thank you so much, Nicole. We really appreciate it. And I look forward to staying in touch. Me too. That was a conversation with Austin Atterbury, founder of Sing Me a Story. Find the organization on social media or at singmeastory.org. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, make sure to spread some kindness in the review section. And check out my new book, The Negativity Remedy, now available in stores.